Holiday Pact by Ayla Asher. Who knew a fake holiday relationship could be so fun? Kayla Summers has had enough of her mother's insistence that she find a man and get married. At 33, she's a successful attorney and has a fantastic life. Knowing her mother will grill her constantly over the upcoming holidays about her single existence, she dreads the visit home. Carter Manaheim is a self-proclaimed bachelor, dead set on seducing every beautiful woman in Manhattan. And why not? His parents' disastrous marriage and divorce prove that lifelong commitments just aren't viable. As his mother's health worsens, his only wish is to give her one last happy holiday, even if it entails bringing home a girlfriend. When Kayla's sexy neighbor proposes they take each other home for the holidays as fake partners, she's floored. However, Getting her mother off her back is her number one priority, and she agrees to the arrangement. Now, if she can only keep her heart from becoming emotionally entangled with the player of the century, she'll be just fine. This book is filled with fast-paced, fake relationship shenanigans and steamy scenes designed to melt your Kindle. The main character's mother has late-stage cancer, so please consider that before you read. Here's hoping this funny, romantic story can give you a few hours of escape during the holidays. Enjoy! That's His Holiday Pact by Ayla Asher. Grab it now in Kindle Unlimited. Welcome back, lady listeners, to Romance. Hey, 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 welcome. We've got a second installment of Shy Virgin. It's the fourth book in the Craven Cove series that we brought to you as by Alexa Riley. And I realized when we finished last week's, or on Tuesday's episode, that I didn't read, like, the blurb for it. I didn't do the author bio that I normally do. Like, it really is just, we don't give a fuck when we're on this bike. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Uh, it's the best. I, we should do our books every week. I know. <laughs> he would be like, oh, fuck, I'm out. I'm out. I cannot absorb that much Alexa Riley. Like, candy will <laughs> rot your brain. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. So I put up my first Christmas tree today. How was that? It was magical. I mean, mine's already been up for a few days. I but. know. I was going to say, you usually beat me to it, though. You're usually like October 25th. Oh, it's about that time. <laughs> Probably because I don't really decorate for Halloween. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like itching for November. I'm like, let's do this. Uh huh. Yep. I had gotten down everything for my tree, the, like, Halloween, I think I put Is it your office on. tree you did first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always do the Harry Potter one first, because I love it, and it's like, I'll, I'll enjoy it the most, because I'm in here the most. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> so I put it up today, and I made, like, a TikTok as I was doing it, because there's this woman that I follow, and I should mention her name just so if you're listening, if you want to follow her too, hold on, it'll probably like play some stupid shit on TikTok. There it is. Okay. I don't know. And what does she do? Like it's, trees or something? Yes, or it's ABS Holiday Decor. She lives in Texas and she decorates Christmas trees for a living. I was like, this woman is living my dream right now. I'll write this down. Yeah, I know. I was like, why are we not writing a heroine about this? <laughs> <clears throat> But yeah, she goes around and they, she pay, I think she does like 75 trees, she said she's booked for this year to decorate. Yeah. 
she has got the best tips and hacks. Like, she spent $40. She said, I'm going to show you how to decorate a tree from the dollar, from dollar Tree for $40. And she oh, did. Yeah. And it was gorgeous. And I was like, hold the fuck up. I love this woman. And so, not only does she, I mean, she does, like, luxury trees for rich people in Texas. Mm-hmm. But she also tells you how to, like, ball on a budget, you know? Yeah. And so, like, she had a couple of really good tips. And I did them on my tree this year. And so, I did a TikTok and I tagged her in it. And I was like, all thanks. Uh, like, these tips were thanks to this person. Like, go follow her. She's got, like, 400,000 people that follow her. But still, that it's for a reason. She has the best tips. And so, Yeah. I seen the other day um, Robin, the girl who, or the woman that owns Eden Books, oh, linked yeah. a black tree. Like, it was a pure black Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. I was yes. like, oh, this is interesting. It's sexy, like, right? Like, it only had them to buy. Like, so you could see. I want to see one decorated. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see it done up. Like, because I see the black tree, I'm like, well, how would you do it? So I need mm-hmm. somebody to send me one decorated to look you at. You know what you would do? It was, I think it would be pretty with, like, that antique pink color. Ooh, with, like, the velvet now pink. Now we're Yes, right? The, the pink and the black. So I had to go to Hobby Lobby today. Last year, my dog ate a couple of ornaments off of my tree. <laughs> so I was like, I have to replace those. And it was My like, cat climbed the tree within five minutes of being up. Oh, so. As I'm fluffing out, the, I take it out of the box and my cat immediately runs over because it's a flock tree, so there's snow on it, immediately starts just licking? eating it and, yes, yep. and licking it as fast as he can. And I was like, stop, stop. And I was pushing him away. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Eat it. That's what I said. That too. motherfucker like, threw up. Yep. 30 seconds later, barfed all over my rug. I was like, God damn it. What <laughs> is right there. <laughs> He's usually pretty good about that. But thankfully it was on like, it wasn't actually on the rug. It was like, I had a, I had a big sheet down on top mm-hmm. of the rug because the tree makes such a mess. Yeah. So thankfully it was on that and I could just like cut it out. <laughs> I was like, we'll just cut this part of the sheet out. <laughs> so anyways, but, um, but yeah, so I had to go there to pick up ornaments and they had black, like big like, you know, like hanging ornaments like that, like back big, like they had like spheres, but they also had, um, like a weird, like hexagon shaped ones and stuff. And I was like, Oh, that's beautiful. And on a flocked Christmas tree, the black looks gorgeous. Like the black ornaments in the white tree looks so good, but I have, you know, my Harry Potter tree is like a Slytherin theme. So I put the black with the green and it looks really, really pretty. So I got my pink lights already up. Oh my That's god, nice. I love it! I love your mom's house. I know. Though. I was just about to say that my mom's like changing it up. Usually she just is like the traditional white and red rotation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She's like, I've been into the pink, so I got purple. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks it is a sharp purple though. It's like a mm-hmm. really really pretty purple. The it way is. it glows, like it. yeah, it looks nice. Your pink is like Vegas. Yes, it's a new Christmas company that did it. So it's like a little bit of a different pink. Oh, it's like you could see. I could probably look out my window and see your house right now. (laughs) It really, I know it really lights up. Before it was kind of a darker pink, but Uh this year it is like. This is like neon. This is like it's Britney bitch pink. He's like, I love this. I've never done pink. I was like, I do this every year. (laughs) You're like, welcome to my house. (laughs) The purple looked really, really good, though. I would I would definitely consider that if I could. I'd be like, yes, please, thank you. 
But um, but I've got like, you know, six more trees to put up. But I posted this in Read Me Romance headquarters because I went to, Lydia had a birthday party on Sunday. There was like a couple of girls that got together for, to celebrate, you know. And so I took her over there and some of the moms are there and we're all talking. And uh, they were like, oh, what'd you do today? I was like, oh, you know, whatever. I wanted to put up my tree, but I didn't get to. And she was like, oh, I need to start. I put up eight Christmas trees. And I was like, you put up eight? And she was like, yeah. I was like, holy shit, I put up seven. I was like, that's amazing. And I left and I was like, I'm going to have to put up nine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's try this black one. I still got the link. So send that to me, please. I'm going to need that link now. But I I will try any fucking tree. My every tree in my house has a theme. I will I'll do a black I love tree. that. Mm-hmm. So and and so I like I have a really I have like one of those cigar trees where it's small and straight up, or it's like really skinny, you know, and tall. Mm-hmm. And so last year I did. Um, I was inspired by one at Universal. It was based on like the sunken treasure theme, and so like the tree had like a skull and like um, crossbones. And it had buried treasure, and it had, like, coral and seaweed. And it was just, it looked like the tree was, like, sunken underwater, like a buried treasure thing. It was so cool. So I did a tree like that, a small one, to see if I liked it. It was my favorite tree last year, besides my Harry Potter. And I was like, you know what? We're going to move that on the big tree this year. So I've got to come up with a new one for this one. So... We're just rotating. We've got all this extra stuff now to figure out. <laughs> but, but I posted it up in Read Me Romance headquarters. I was like, so I've got to do nine now, right? Like, I have to win. And Obviously. one of the girls was like, maybe we should do. She was like, you should go ahead and do ten and make her work for it. <laughs> I like that. Because, like, nine, it's like she knows you did it. Yeah, but ten, uh-huh. it's, like, completely different. You're not going to touch ten. No. <laughs> put one in the bathroom this year i'm gonna do it i said i was going to do last year i'm gonna do it (laughs) i love that one in the bath oh my god think of the fun decorations you could get right i'm gonna put toilet paper on it i love this yes you have to do this okay yeah we gotta put one in the bathroom so i made a note too on here to talk about the one of the things i saw the other day it was a meme or something like that. It was a story this woman wrote. And she said she had gone to, like, this gator farm in Florida. She had taken her son and her daughter, and they had gone to do this. And so they had gone through the whole tour, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of it, you could hold a gator. And so the kids go up or whatever, and the boy's like, no, I don't want to do it or whatever. And the girl goes up, and she's like, nah. And the guy the, that's holding the gator, the owner or whoever is working there, he's like, he's like, oh, come on now. He's like, the girls are always the brave one. Like, the boys don't do it. Come on. Come, like, come up here and hold. Don't be scared. Like, blah, blah, blah. And so the girl, like, kind of went over to the side with her mom, and she was like, I don't want to do it. And she was like, you know, I. she said, in this moment, I realized that I wanted my daughter to be brave enough to do that, but I realized that her saying no was just as brave. And she said, and I hope oh, that. Oh, wow. That gave me chills when you said that. Right? And the way I read it, I was just like, fuck, that hit me. Because it was like, you know, we are constantly, well, I know I'm constantly trying to teach my daughters to to do the things that they're afraid of, to be, you know, to not be afraid of those things, to be brave. But maybe in saying no in a situation where you're pressured is just as equally brave. And in, in yeah, that instance, for sure. put in that situation, you know. Obviously, like, saying no to, like, drugs and alcohol or whatever, like, that that does take a lot of courage when you're being pressured by your peers. But in a situation like that where you wouldn't necessarily think, like, 
oh, this doesn't do any harm. Like, just just touch it, you know, or hold it. Like, it's not a big deal. But it's the fact that she didn't want to, and she stood yeah. up to that. That was amazing. I just I thought that, that was so cool. Like, And it's a great lesson to keep in your mind as a mom of daughters, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't really think about that, and that's something very important to think about. Yeah, yeah. And just as, in a situation where maybe, like, you're uncomfortable and you just want to say no, like, mm-hmm. like being able to say that, you know, and in every kid's different. I know my youngest one, she would easily say no to anyone, anywhere, anytime. <laughs> She'd be like, fuck you. But my oldest one, I feel like she probably would be more apt to being pressured into something like that because, yeah, yeah she would just wouldn't want to disappoint anyone. She'd be like, okay, even if she was scared and didn't really want to do it. Yeah. So I just, I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know. Um. Have you watched anything or read anything besides what we talked about on Tuesday's episode? Um, What did I watch? Oh, I got, I watched the um, Tampa Babes. What's that? So Amazon released a reality show. They released like Netflix style, released the whole season of Tampa (laughs) Babes. You're like, I'm sorry, you're speaking directly to me. (laughs) And it was, um, it's a show for this group of lesbians down in Tampa. Hell yeah. So, I mean, parts of it were a little boring. Mm-hmm. Then it was just interesting. I think they're trying to get you invested in each of the people. I watched it all the way through. It wasn't like mm-hmm. boring enough where I'm like, yeah. It got better in spots. And I always find it so interesting when you go into something and you start watching something and you're like, oh, I'm, you like pre in your head think, oh, I'm not going to like them. Yeah, I'm not going to like yeah. them. And then it like completely flips and you're like, that's my favorite. <laughs> It did that, that to shit. me. And there was a few characters on there that I really liked. So, but it's yeah. fr- if you're Amazon Prime, it's free. You can watch it. I enjoyed It's called the Tampa what? Babes, like Tampa Babes. Ba- oh, like Tampa Bay, but Tampa Babes. Bay, is that how you say it? I don't know. How you it's spell that it? word. It's B A E S. Bays. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Bay is B A E. And it means before all, before anyone else. That's what it stands for before. But it's like oh, you say I didn't know it was that. I okay. think I, that's what I always heard it was. But it's like that's your boo. Like that's your that's your person. Yeah. So, but there's a place called Tampa Bay. So yeah, but yeah. This so is it works spelled out. B-A-E. I guess there's like a okay, strong that makes sense. community like that. You know what? There's always a part of me that's like. I hope Isabel gets out there and gets to experience this kind of world and openness being a lesbian. At the same time, I'm like, that means she leaves. And I'm not okay with that. Yeah, because you're in rural Missouri, Mel. That's what you yeah. get. So like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I am out of this corner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, you know, we, we've got Yellowstone and it came out yesterday, but I haven't watched it yet. But I see people posting that they're watching it, and I'm so jealous. But, like, I kind of want a few episodes to build up because I know that first episode is just going to be, like, a huge cliffhanger. And I binge-watched the other two seasons. So, like, having to go into this one cold, I just can't do it. I don't have the patience anymore. We've been trained to binge. I know. Netflix gave us that. I see everybody talking about it. But I was going to ask you, I noticed that, did you watch Dexter? Because that's back. No, I never watched it. Did you? Oh, okay. Did you watch it? Mm-hmm. I heard it had, like, a terrible ending. 
It had an interesting ending. I mean, I mean, if people have already seen it, at the end, you know, he kind of fakes his death and... Oh, spoiler, but I'm sure this is so years old. <laughs> yeah. Nobody yeah. knew this that they like were going to bring it back. Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> but he finally kind of met a girl that was like him. She was very much like survival of the fittest. Yeah, yeah. Kind of lifestyle. It's hard. I mean, it, it's almost like the same decision you make at his dad made where it's like, should I, am I better out of my child's life? Yeah. yeah. Or in it? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that because I think the interesting thing about Dexter is his father realized he was a serial killer and trained him to kill the right people. Holy shit. So, like, the father That's the knew premise his of the son. movie. Yeah, his father is a cop or his adopted father is a cop and realizes his son is drawn to death. That's the premise of the movie and or the show. Yeah. And his dad trains him how to kill without being caught. Holy but not fuck. only that, he trains him to kill bad people. Holy shit. So he's actually a blood spatter analyst. That's what he does. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. when they can't catch people or whatever, they don't have enough, you know, stuff to book somebody on a crime, he just goes and kills them. Oh, fuck. I love that. That's some So, But it's always an shit. interesting thought as a yeah. parent. Like, mm-hmm. what would you do? Oh, that's like, so I, fucked up, Mel. No, don't I ask know, me But that. you didn't kind of think about... <laughs> With the whole thing that went on with that girl where her hus- her boyfriend killed her and then he took off and they were yeah. searching for him. Yeah. So yeah. what do you do if your kid walks in the front door and is mm-hmm. like, I lost my temper and I killed such and such. What do you do? Oh, God, that's so fucked up. I don't know. It's kind of like that kind of moment. Yeah. It's just an interesting premise. Yeah. Yeah. But now I guess he's premise. back. So I don't know. I mean, so is it a new uh, series or is it just like a movie? Like, how are they doing it? I don't know. I think it's from. I just caught a glimpse of it. And he's just coming back for a new season. So that makes me wonder: is he coming back? How long is, is he coming back to Sun? How long has it been? Mm-hmm. Is the Sun gonna be? Like, yeah, are we in what? real time? Or are we backing it up? How's this going? <laughs> yeah, is his yeah is his son like him? Yeah. I wondered if they would ever do something like that with Breaking Bad, but they kind of did, I guess, with Better Call Saul, I think. I don't I watched all those, but I can't even remember. It's been so long. But, like, I watched the show Deadwood on HBO. Did you ever watch that when it was coming at the same time where Sopranos were out? Deadwood came out? My dad watched it, so I know, like, It was amazing. That's how I met Timothy Oliphant, and he became my lover in my head. So... (laughs) But they came back, it was several years later, they came back and did like kind of a long movie on HBO. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of an extended epilogue where you could see what ha- what happened to everybody. So that yeah. was really good. I loved it. So I'm sure fans of Dexter love that too. See, that's, I'm not sure. Like, if you just told me it was just going to be this one season and we're going to wrap some things up. Yeah, yeah. I think I would totally be in, but I'm just not mm-hmm. sure if, I'm not into dramas like that anymore. Yeah. Like, Grey's like maybe Anatomy the time has and where it's always so emotional like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, like maybe that's just that's not the kind of TV we watch anymore. You know, or I want I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. So we know we'll we see. were we were talking about that shit. Who was I talking about that with the other night? Some of my friends. We were. T- I don't even remember where we were at. Shit. I think we were here. I think it was Halloween when we were talking about it. Because they said something about Grey's Anatomy. And I was like, well, ever since Shonda Rhimes left, I was like, I can't believe anybody still watches that show. And they were like, Shonda Rhimes left? I was like, have you not heard this story about why the fuck she left? And they were like, no. And I was 
sit down. I'm about to tell you a story about how a black woman that ran this fucking network for them, that gave them the best shows that they've ever had in their entire careers of NBC, and they wouldn't give her a fucking pass to Disney. And then she was like, peace out. (laughs) I'm gone. Like, it was I don't even know this story. I thought we talked about this on the podcast. Did we not talk about this? I don't think yes. so. Yes. So, yeah. So, this is what's fucking insane. So, she goes, like, I, I'm like, get, I'm like, get ready. So, she, I can see you. You're like, work it up in I'm your like, seat. Listen, it, because it just infuriates me when I think about it. It sounds this. infuriating. That's why I'm like, know. what the fuck are you talking about? So, yeah. So, she had gone, you know, obviously she was writing Grey's Anatomy, How to Get Away with Murder, Scandal, like all these fucking shows. Like, she wrote everyone. all of those? Yes. Yes, she's Those Charlene. are like incredible writing, though. I, I gotta say she's, that. She is the most incredible woman. I adore her. Anyways, she's just, she's the most incredible writer person just in general. But, um, so anyway, so she was doing all these. At, it's, at some point, she goes to Disneyland. She's going with her family. And she realizes before they're about to go that they're a couple passes short. And so I think she messaged someone. It was like she emailed a couple of people at the network or something like maybe like a group or or whoever it was reached out to somebody and was like, "Hey, can you guys just can you guys reach out and just make sure we have passes at Disney? We're going to be there tomorrow." And I'm probably going to get this quote wrong because I can never remember exactly. But the guy that emailed her back said, "Don't you have enough?" Like basically, you've you've got enough. You can figure this out. Like, you've got enough. And she said, okay. She said she talked to her agent. She got off the email, called her agent immediately and said, do whatever you got to do to get me out of that contract with them. And she was gone. And she moved to Netflix. Because, it, and it was, and she even said, she was like, it wasn't about the Disneyland pass. It's not that about the Disneyland It wasn't pass. about that. She was like, no. it was about, I asked for something and they said I had taken too much. And she was like, after all I had given them. And it just, in fear, I can feel fire in my blood right now. I'm so angry about it. It's like one of my favorite stories because she went on to do some fucking Bridgerton and all this shit that she went on to do that was bigger and better and greater than NBC could have ever given her. You know, they did her a fucking favor. And I'm sure she knows that now. Yeah. But at the time, just being like, really? And as a it's just black woman in this position, I cannot imagine. Do what? It's just feeling unappreciated. You're yeah. Like, yeah. I'm asking for a, a silly pass. To- yeah. They should have bought her fucking season passes in perpetuity for the rest of her fucking life. They should have given her season passes. They should have given her whatever she asked for. Oh, man. I just thought I'd be like, they wouldn't have said that to a man exactly you're exactly fucking right and i think that's like really the bottom line of it you know not only was she a woman she was a black woman in this position and it was just like and it still wasn't enough everything that she had given them wasn't enough because they told her she had taken enough like i'm gonna take my ass out of here is what i'm gonna do yep that's exactly what she did and so like when she left i think it was 2017 or something because i just looked this up the other day and it was like, 
because one of my friends was like, was it like five years ago or whatever when she left? I was like, let me look. And I looked at it. She was like, yeah, that's when the show went to shit. Oh, <laughs> I, like, oh. I love that it went to shit. <laughs> I love that in her mind, she was like, this is about like five years ago. This is about really bad. <laughs> I know, but they were I like, the girl was like, I've watched Grey's Anatomy from day one, still watch every single episode. She was like, okay. they need to end this show. It's done. It's fucking okay. done. And I was like, it's because Shonda left. I had to get off at one point. I was like, I, I, I can't do this. I can't yeah. do this anymore. This I tried to go emotional. back and rewatch it. And I was just, I got to like the season where the plane crash happens. And I was like, eh, this is where I jumped out last time. I'm good. But my sister She's still like, watches yeah, like, it. This many people don't die around you. <laughs> but like, get out of here. I think even people still say that it. in the show at one point. They're like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> 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 they said that <laughs> something like did they implied that yeah. there's something it's weird yeah it's I'm weird like, how it everyone keeps dying <laughs> i just can't do the drama but i don't know something's shifted in me i don't remember when like i can't even do it in books i'm like i don't want to cry unless they are happy tears yeah yeah mm-hmm. when i read when i watch tv mm-hmm. i just don't want to do it i know i know you know and i had like my sister still watches the show and so i can ask her of like what's going on with this and she can tell me everything that's happened i'm like okay great i didn't have to watch seven more seasons of that <laughs> to, to figure and it get out. my heart ripped out by these side stories yeah yeah mm-hmm. like i don't some of them are still imprinted in my brain oh like denny, I, denny takes up space in the back of my head that when i think about him and Izzy together that I just can't I can't emotionally make it through the day when I think about him dying. No. Oh. Whatever. I don't want to talk about this anymore now. <laughs> All right. Well, I didn't read like I, I didn't read the blurb or anything earlier. It's too late now. You're already halfway through it. But um, this is the shy virgin. Shy Vir- sure- He's obsessed with the girl that lives down the hall and goes to college with him. That, that's all you need to know. There you go. Um, <laughs> and obviously, yeah. I spoiler alert: he's a virgin, <laughs> and she's really shy. We're gonna get so many complaints about you spoiling shit. <laughs> His name is Shy, and it's a virgin. Shy's virgin. I think you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, it, okay, another know, spoiler. It, it ends in a halfway over after. <laughs> He might impregnate her. I don't know. Let's see. Let's find out. Let's prove it. Okay. (laughs) We'll see you guys on the other side. Nashville Dreams by Julie Capulet. All I wished for was to experience that spark you read about just once. What I wasn't expecting was the 4th of July and heaven on earth all rolled into one. Bass player Cade Tucker is known as the magic man and not only for his riffs. After breaking off a disastrous relationship, he swears off women. Only problem is, five minutes later, he might have just met the love of his life. Stella Bell has always done what's expected of her, until a secret letter and an unexpected proposal on the same day proved to be her breaking point. For once in her life, she's going to do something for herself. As fate would have it, that means taking a spur-of-the-moment trip to Nashville. A hopeless romantic, Stella has been hiding her true self for far too long, and when a gorgeous, mysterious stranger rescues her from a torrential downpour she decides to go with it the hot dreamy Kay tucker proceeds to enlighten stella in every possible way until she begins to realize that some dreams really can come true but what Kay's twisted ex and stella's family secret 
along with a very accidental pregnancy, get in the way of their happily ever after? Or is this a star-crossed match made in Music City Heaven? Nashville Dreams is a super sexy standalone rock star romance starring a hot alpha musician and a sweet and sassy dreamer who's the one he always knew was out there somewhere. Now that he's found her, he has no intention of letting any one of her dreams go unanswered. That's Nashville Dreams by Julie Capulet, book three in the Music City Lovers series. Get it now in Kindle Unlimited! Chapter 6 Shy My hand rubs between her legs as our lips connect, and I groan at how wet she is. My fingers slide over her wet folds, and then I push two inside her, a little rougher than I meant to. She gasps against my mouth, but pushes her hips up to get closer. That's my girl. She squeezes around me, and my cock swells with the thought of having her little cunt on it. The whimper that escapes her makes a shiver move down my back. How many times have I jerked off in this bed, thinking about the sounds she would make? I want you to come like this. I use my other hand to pin her wrists above her head while I keep my eyes locked on hers. My thumb moves to her clit, and I rub over it, back and forth, right here with the lights on, while I'm watching. Shy? Her cheeks flush scarlet, but I shake my head. It's too late to try and hide. I want to see what you'll look like when I fuck you. Oh, God, she whispers, and if it's possible, I feel her get wetter. My thumb presses against her slick button a little harder as I rub back and forth, and this time I curl my fingers inside. I watch every muscle twitch, every flutter of her eyes, every breath she takes as her body climbs closer to the edge. I don't even blink as she builds to the point of no return and her eyes squeeze shut. The air is lodged in my lungs as I watch the moment it happens. Her climax is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, and I can't look away. It's like staring straight into the sun. Only the longer I look, the clearer things become. She's everything I imagined, and more. So fucking beautiful, I whisper as her body tenses and she cries out my name. Before her orgasm stops, I slide down her body and replace my thumb with my tongue. I lick her slowly at first taste of her sweet release lingering on her clit. One orgasm rolls into another, and this time she doesn't just moan my name, she screams it. My fingers move faster, my tongue licking harder, and then once again she falls over the edge. I grunt as I undo my jeans and free my cock, quickly jacking off as I eat her pussy. She's too fucking hot, too fucking sweet, I can't wait any longer. Inside me she whispers, and I look over the top of her pussy without taking my mouth off of it. She reaches down and squeezes the arm that's holding my cock. I want to feel you inside me. My answer is a growl as I rub my face in her cunt one last time and then kick off my jeans and boxer briefs, quickly crawling between her legs. This will be fast. It's okay. She reaches between us, and my knees nearly buckle when her hand wraps around my cock to guide it into her. This first time, I swallow hard and try to take a breath. Just let me get it out of the way. I can hardly see straight as she swipes the head of my cock through her wetness. 
My body takes over, because obviously my mind has left the building and all I can rely on is instinct. I'm sorry, is all I manage to say as I plunge all the way inside and then collapse on top of her. I'm already coming the second her pussy wraps around me, and I don't even get a chance to thrust more than that first one. I should be embarrassed, but again, my brain is nowhere to be found, and all I can do is lie on top of her while my cock pulses and empties. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I register that she's tense and trying to breathe evenly. I kiss her neck and cheek and then her lips as I whisper how perfect she is. So fucking beautiful, I breathe, placing kisses on her eyelashes. Thank you for giving me this. I feel her nails dig into my back, and my cock is ready to come again. I need you so much. Shy, she says softly, and when her eyes open, her lids are hooded. Slow, I nod as I take my time, kissing my way down her neck and to her breasts. I suck on her nipples one at a time and bury my face between them. You don't know how many times I imagined this. Pulling out just a little, I slowly inch back into her. She tenses, but this time it's not as much, and my cum helps slick her entrance. When I glance between us, I see the tinge of red around the base of my cock, and then I look back at her. Our eyes meet, and I nod. It's done now. I should have told you. You didn't have to. I brush her hair away from her face and kiss along her jaw and neck. My thrusts are slow and steady, and I feel her clench around me, wanting more. Maybe it's because we're more alike than you think. Shy? Her hands rest against my chest, and I nod. I think maybe somewhere in my heart, I knew I was waiting for you. I rub my nose against hers and swallow hard. I think all of my life has led to now, to be here with you, to make love to you. I kiss her softly once more, to protect you. I don't want anyone else but you. She says it like it's a vow, and it goes straight to my soul. I feel the same. I know now why I've never wanted another until her. Let me love you, is all I say, before I lean down and press my lips to hers. For so long, part of me wondered if I could ever be enough if I could ever give her enough. But that was all just an excuse to protect myself. All my life I've guarded my feelings and never gave anyone more than just small pieces here and there. With Carrie, I've cracked my chest open, and I'm offering all of it to her. She doesn't even have to give me the same if she doesn't want to, but I have to do this. Sliding one arm behind her knee, I open her up and go deeper. She gasps when I grind against her clit, and I do it over and over. Her eyes shut, and she arches her back as her chest flushes pink. Leaning down, I latch onto her nipple just as she comes, and it sets her off once more. As she squeezes around my cock, I follow her over the edge and just barely keep myself from collapsing on top of her. It's just as intense as the first time and I feel like I've been reborn in her arms. Every cell in my body is rejoicing as I hold her close and kiss her like she's the only thing keeping me alive. Later on, 
when we've made love so many times that I've lost count, I smile and realize how right I really was. She's my reason for living. Chapter 7 Carrie Wow! I glance around my apartment in shock. It's been a few weeks since my place was ransacked. I haven't stepped a foot back in here since that day. Whenever I needed something, Shy would grab it for me. While everything is all put back together, it's even emptier than before. I've noticed more and more of my stuff, beyond what I'd ask Shy to grab for me, popping up at his place. From my bathroom stuff, to a lamp, and then the other day my whole desk. He even cleared out half his closet for me. If anyone was to come over to Shy's place, they'd think we live together. What are you doing here? I let out a small, surprised scream, spinning around to find Shy standing in the doorway of my place. You scared the crap out of me. I put my hand over my pounding heart. I'm not sure I can ever live here again, because I'll always be on edge. When I'm at Shy's apartment, I know I'm safe. He wouldn't let anything happen to me. You scared the crap out of me, too. You said you were at home. Well, I kind of am. After my last class, I headed back to Shy's and texted him as I always do when my classes got out. He's able to meet me after most of them so we can walk together. Shy is not messing around when it comes to my security. He walks me to all my classes except one, and Apollo walks me to that one because ours are close. There are two Shy can't walk me home from, and I know it annoys him. After one of the classes, I go hang in the library or grab coffee until his class is over. But today this one let out an hour before his. I'm supposed to text him when it lets out and when I get back to his place. I wasn't to go anywhere without him knowing. I'm sure most might think this is too much, and maybe it is, but I'm kind of loving it. It's nice having someone worry over me, which I've never had before. I mean, technically I am? I tease him, but he doesn't laugh. In fact, his irritation grows. Even grumpy, he's still so damn hot. I can tell he's a bit out of breath, and I check the time on my watch, noticing he's out of class early. I texted him when I'd gotten on the elevator that I was home. Did your class let out early? No, but I didn't get an alert that you disengaged the security system at our home. He emphasizes the last words. I'm sorry, I kind of wondered what was going on over here. No one has said much. I shrug. I'm guessing they still have no idea who broke into my place. The text messages haven't stopped. I've just stopped seeing them. Shy gave me a new phone and number, and he has my old one. If anyone tries to get a hold of me, he lets me know. He's still monitoring it, but I'm not sure what he's doing with it. However, I do know Shy is beyond good with computers and tracking things. It's one of the many things I've learned about him. I'm handling it, he all but grunts. I fight a smile because I know he's pouting about me being here. Or this is his way of pouting. Over the past few weeks, I've gotten to know Shy so well. I've always known bits and pieces because he's often around, and Celeste told me the whole crazy story about how he and Apollo are half-brothers. I knew Shy's upbringing wasn't the best, but I had no idea how bad it had really been. I don't think anyone else knows but me. Since the day we both let go, he's opened up to me. 
Maybe it was the fear that something worse could have happened to me that pushed him over the edge. That I could have been home when that person tore my place apart really made us both stop pretending. Since then, neither of us have been holding back. Shy says we should have been together for years, and he's right. I know you're handling it. You handle everything when it comes to me. He clears the space between us, picking me up by my ass. And? No and. I love how you handle me. I want to say I love you, too, but I press my lips to his for a quick kiss. When I run my hands up his chest, the tension in his muscles melts under my touch. I love when you do what I tell you to. You text me when you're home, not almost home. He gives my ass a hard squeeze when I fake an eye roll. Do you need anything from here? Nope. Good, he grunts, carrying me out and back toward our place. We pass Jamie in the hallway, and she glares at me. I can be petty when it comes to my shy, so I kiss him and ignore her. When we walk inside, he sets me down on the counter and handles turning off the alarm. I have a couple of units I need to check in on. Do you want to order in for dinner, or do you want me to cook? I'll cook. He gives me a skeptical look. Hey, I'm not that bad, I huff. There are a few dishes I can make. Back home we had a chef, so I never really learned to cook. But I find I want to cook for Shy. I want to do a lot of things for him. I don't want a life like my parents have. It might be silly, but I want to do the things that make him happy, because he does the same for me. Kitten, your kitchen skills are the last thing I care about. He comes to stand between my legs, and I wrap them around him. His cock presses into my sex, and I grin excitedly. Let me cook for you tonight. If it's terrible, then you can eat me. He grips my ponytail, giving a tug to pull my head back, and my body heats even more. This is the dark dominance that lurks inside of Shy, and it only comes out to play with me. I'm going to eat you either way, he says, before he claims my mouth in a kiss that leaves me breathless. Cook me dinner, kitten. It's your kitchen now, since you live here. I live here? I moan my question as he starts grinding his cock into me. You live here, with me. Cook in this kitchen and make it yours. Make this whole place ours. I want your touch everywhere. You want us to make a home together? Yes. For the first time, I want a home to call my own. Me too, I admit, kissing him again. Fuck, I want to be inside of you, he groans, pulling back from the kiss. Let me get this shit done so I can come back to you. Whose place is acting up? I ask, trying to keep the pout out of my voice because I know he has to work. Shy works for everything he has, and I respect that so damn much. Jamie's. He reaches down as he steps back and adjusts his cock in his jeans. She has a thing for you, I huff. A few weeks ago, it would have driven me crazy to know he was going over to her place. Now I don't give a crap. If he wanted her, he would have been with her. He clearly doesn't, because he's with me, and has only ever been with me. I know, he shrugs. She can keep having it. That's never going to happen. Still not sending you out of here like that. I point to the outline of his erection in his jeans as I slip off the counter and drop to my knees in front of him.
Kitten, he groans when I go for his button. He braces his hands on the counter when I take him into my mouth. I give my man what he tells me he needs most in this world. Me. Chapter 8 Shy I'm so busy thinking about the blowjob Carrie just gave me, I almost run into the guy in the hallway. Sorry, I apologize, but as soon as I turn around, I hear my name called. Shy, what's taking so long? Jamie is so close to me, I have to take a step back. Whoa. She ignores my surprise and my attempts to put distance between us as she moves closer. I think my bathroom is flooding. The panic in her eyes is real as she grabs me by the arm. Fuck. I mumble under my breath, moving my arm out of her grip, but I hurry after her. If her bathroom floods, it will probably go to the apartment below her and cause double the damage. Didn't you turn the water off? I don't know how. We rush into her apartment and she quickly points to the bathroom. In there. Hearing the sound of water running get louder, I push open the door, but stop when all I see is her bathtub filling with water. What the hell? Turning around, I watch her face fall as she closes the bathroom door behind her and leans against it. The sound of the lock engaging is loud even over the water, and I narrow my eyes. What's going on, Jamie? Nothing. She shrugs one shoulder and looks up at me through her lashes. I'm not playing games with you. Move out of the way and let me out of here. Silently, she shakes her head and raises her chin in challenge. If you don't move out of the way, I'll do it for you. Come on, Shy, don't be like that. She drags a hand down the front of her chest, and I look away. It's not happening, Jamie. Not now, not ever. I've told you, I'm not interested. My fists clench at my sides, and anger flashes through me. I don't want to hurt you, but I'm going through that door. If this was flipped and Carrie was alone with another man like this, I'd lose my mind. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Now. You're no fun. She pretends to pout, and it's not cute like the way Carrie does it. Jamie looks bitchy and sad. I don't give a fuck. I go to take a step closer, and her smile spreads. Gives me a sinking feeling in my stomach, and I look past her, beyond the door, and my mind begins to work. Are you the one harassing Carrie? Not exactly. She looks away this time, not meeting my eyes. Jamie. My voice is ice cold, and this time when I take a step forward, I see real fear across her face. Look, it wasn't my idea, okay? She snaps. What are you talking about? Whose idea was what? It was supposed to be anonymous. She crosses her arms over her chest and looks up at me. I don't know who he is, but he was hired by her family. Explain. I grind my teeth together, torn between needing to know the answers and punching a hole in the wall. I don't know. All I know is a couple of months ago, someone approached me with an offer to flirt with you, and they said they'd pay me a lot of money. She lets out a long sigh. You're not even my type. She waves at my body like it's the last thing on earth she would like. When I asked why, they said they had their reasons. All he said was her family hired him to make you go away. Jamie, do you have any idea what you've done? Someone is after her. What? Her brows pull together in confusion. Her apartment was broken into. 
She's been getting threatening messages, harassing phone calls. That's why she's staying with me. Oh, God. She puts her hands over her mouth. What have I done? What did you do? My blood runs cold. They told me today I need to get you alone. Her words are quiet, but it feels like she's shouting as everything in me is frozen in place. I'm sorry, Shy. I didn't know. Without another word, I push her away from the door and run out of her apartment. It was the guy in the hall, the one I almost bumped into. I was so distracted I didn't even look at him. Carrie! I'm already shouting as I race home. It's not far, but my lungs burn as I yell for her over and over. When I get to our apartment, the door is wide open and she's nowhere to be found. I glance at the elevator and see it's still on our floor, so they didn't take that down. Running to the stairs, I push open the door and fly down as fast as I can. Shy! I hear Carrie's voice in the distance, and both relief and fear mix together. Carrie! I yell back at her and glance over the railing to see the door to the back alley open and then slam with a heavy thud. Without stopping, I jump over the last rail and throw myself outside. There's a van in the distance, and I know without a doubt that if the guy dragging her away gets her in there, she's gone. My legs ache as I push faster, and seeing the absolute terror in her eyes forces me to stay strong. I can't fall apart, and I can't let her know I'm scared, too. She's fighting as much as she can, but the guy that has her is big. I have no idea if he's got a gun or not, but I don't care. I'll die before I let him take her. As he gets to the van, he has to let go of one of her arms to open the sliding door. That's enough time for me to make up some distance between us and for Carrie to fight his hold. She kicks out, and it connects with his hip sending him back against the van. But his grip on her is too tight, and they both fall over to the ground. A heartbeat later, I'm there, and without thinking, I pull back my foot and kick the shit out of this guy with my steel-toed work boots. He grunts as he clutches his side, where I'm pretty sure I broke a couple of ribs. It has the desired effect, and he lets go of Carrie. Shy, let's go. She tugs on my arm, but I shake my head. Listen to me, kitten. I take her face in both my hands and look at her. Her eyes are wide, and she's still scared, even though I'm here and I've got her. I want you to go through the door we came out of and go to the lobby. Get security. I'm not leaving him out here to get away. She swallows hard and takes a breath before she's running back down the alley. I turn my eyes on the guy on the ground and rage like I've never felt floods through me. If I learned anything from my mom's shitty past, it's how to fight. Grabbing him by the shirt, I pull him up and throw him against the van. Who the fuck are you? The guy tries to throw a punch, but I easily block it and knee him in the same place I kicked him earlier. He cries out, and I push him back against the van, asking the same question. You're going to tell me, or you're going to tell the cops? It's up to you how many broken bones you get before they arrive. This isn't even worth it, he spits as he leans his head against the van. Her fucking family said I'd get a bonus if I scared her out of the building. Why? I growl, clenching my fists at my side. Something about them wanting her back home. They wanted her scared to live here. You expect me to believe that? I don't give a shit what you believe, man. He spits on the ground, and there's blood on his lips. 
They hired me to scare her back home. That's all I know. When she wouldn't move, I trashed her place. But then she just moved in with you. So you decided to kidnap her? They didn't say she had to stay, just that I had to deliver her home. He shrugs and then winces at the movement. I didn't ask questions, just took the cash. Sirens in the distance get louder, and I turn around to see Carrie in the building security running to where we are. At the other end of the alley, I see blue lights and back away from the van. Security takes hold of him, and I see one of them pull out handcuffs as I wrap my arms around Carrie and bury my face in her neck. Are you okay? She nods against my chest, but I can feel the warmth of her tears stinging my shirt. I'm here, kitten. I kiss the top of her head. You're safe now. Chapter 9 Carrie I don't know what it is about Shy, but whenever he's close, I'm at my calmest. I should be freaking out, and there for a moment I was, but right now I'm okay. The fear of never seeing Shy again and not letting him know how I felt was overwhelming. When Shy left to go check on Jamie's place, I'd gotten the idea to show him that I'm all in. I know more than anyone that actions speak louder than words. Sadly, I've learned that lesson from my own parents, and Shy has too. I was going to prove my love to him, and I thought the best way to do that would be to add my own touches to his place and show him that I didn't want to go anywhere. I was here to stay, and there wasn't anywhere else I wanted to be. I was going to make his home our home. Your mom is calling, Detective Adams says as he comes to stand over me. He was on the scene quickly after the police were called. My mom is calling you? I shouldn't be shocked as I stare at the phone he's offering me. My parents have friends in high places. My phone had gone off a few times with her calling after everything went down, but I haven't picked up. I don't know where to even begin with her right now. I debate taking the phone from him, but the last thing I want is my mom showing up here. It wouldn't take her much, really. She could jump on a private plane and be here in a few hours. Not that she ever does that. Before I get a chance to decide, Shy grabs the phone. What? he says when he puts it to his ear. I don't give a shit. My mouth falls open. How many times have I wanted to say that to my mom? Celeste gives my hand a squeeze. I've been sitting on the couch in Shy's apartment, sandwiched between her and him. Rory got here a few minutes ago and has been talking to a few police officers out in the hallway. His wife is pressed into his side, nodding and agreeing with whatever he's saying. Apollo's out there with them, too. His arms are folded over his chest, and he looks as mad as Shy about all this. Each one of them has barked a few times already about the building security. It's hard to stop random people from coming in when the residents are the ones letting them. Jamie was in tears as she was escorted out not long after they took away the man who grabbed me. This is all a bit nuts. I'm still having a hard time believing the story the man who grabbed me is trying to sell. I know my mom can do a lot of things to try and get her way, but this is really out there. She's been pushing for me to come home after graduation, but I've been sidestepping it. I have no plans of moving back. She can't stand that she doesn't have the control over me that she wants. Get your lawyer, but you and your husband will stay the fuck away from Carrie. Shy all but roars into the phone as he comes to his feet. 
Everyone turns their attention to him. I don't give a shit who you are. Carrie is mine. You've lost any claim you think you might have had. He tosses the phone back to Detective Adams, who catches it in the air. You want to try for a restraining order on your parents? Adams asks. Might be hard. They've got some pull. He gives me a sympathetic frown. I've got more, Rory says as he comes back into the apartment to stand next to Shy. I can actually feel the anger pouring off Shy. I reach up and grab his hand, pulling him back down onto the sofa to sit next to me. He comes willingly, and I climb into his lap, wanting to calm him down. I don't want him to be so angry, but it's nice to see someone so worked up over me. Love you, I say into his ear before I place a kiss on his neck. I can actually feel some tension leaving him at my words. I'd planned to tell him tonight, but after what happened, I'm not letting another second go by without letting him know how I truly feel. I love you too. He wraps his arms around me. I swear to God, if they show up here, I'll... I quickly put my hand over Shy's mouth before he can make any threats in front of the police officers and Detective Adams. I think that's enough for today. Carrie and Shy can come down to the station tomorrow if you need them to, Rory says. I can tell Adams wants to push for more information, but it's not going to happen. My parents might have a lot of pull, but the crew last name carries far more weight, and everyone knows it. We've all had enough for the day. I stay put in Shy's lap as Apollo shows everyone else out. You believe what that guy said? Rory asks when the door closes and it's only family left. I open my mouth, but no words come out. You don't have to say anything, kitten. I've been there, and I hate that you have to be there, too. It's one of the worst things to not know if you can trust your own mother. I turn my head to lock eyes with him. I find the strength to face this, knowing he's at my side. It's possible, I suppose. The whole boyfriend plan she had clearly wasn't working. It was never going to work. Shy's fingers grip me tighter. Something warm stirs down low, and I know now is not the time, but I can't help it. Not with Shy, especially when he gets all possessive with me. I fight not to wiggle in his lap and sit still. All of this only pushed me further away. The last place I'd ever want to be is back with my family. I don't know why my mom thought I'd run there. If anything, I'd run back to London. It's where I went to boarding school. At least there I know people. You know not all trust funds are set for an age, Rory says, drawing my attention away from Shy. Sometimes it's based on academics if you meet those requirements before you hit the age listed. What are you getting at? I know I have a trust fund. I think I'm supposed to get it when I'm 25. It was something my grandparents set up for me. I've never pushed to know more about it. My parents were not happy about my choice of college. They thought it wasn't necessary for me to have a degree when all I would do is marry anyway. But they still surprisingly helped with the cost. Honestly, it doesn't sound terrible. The idea of being a wife and mom is my main goal and drive in life. I know being a wife and mother is something Celeste wants more than anything else. I want that, too, with someone I love. I didn't have that, so college was my path. I wasn't going to be shoved into a loveless marriage for some namesake, to raise children to grow up the same way I did. Part of your trust has clauses, 
One being, if you want to go to college, the trust covers all expenses, even extra cost. It's how some draws can be made early, Rory answers. Guess that explains why they paid up. Once you graduate with a degree, you get your shares in Smith Equity Life. Wait, what? That is, unless you marry before you graduate. Then your husband would get them. Sexist, Celeste and Anna say at the same time. I get shares in the insurance company. It's been in the family for so many generations at this point. A lot, since you're an only child. In fact, you'll have more than your parents, since your father sold some of his a while back. I'm guessing things got tight at some point for them to have sold them. He shakes his head like that was clearly a stupid move on their part. I don't even know what to say to all that. You don't have to say anything, Carrie, Shy tells me. All it means is they can't come for you or try to control you. You've got the control. I don't want it. I peek up at him through my lashes. I like when Shy has control. As crazy as that sounds, it's the truth. I've only been moving through the motions of life with nothing ever piquing my interest. Until him. I'm really thankful for you all coming here, but I need to be alone with Carrie. Right. Apollo laughs. I'll lock the door behind us, bro, he calls, as he once again clears the room for all of us. Once they're gone, Shy turns me in his lap so he can hold my face. Do you know what you're asking for, kitten? I place my hands on his broad chest. I knew he'd come for me today when I screamed his name. Yes, I say. I know what I want. I sink my nails into his chest. I want to be yours forever. Epilogue Shy One month later It's been a month since the incident, and a lot has changed. Jamie was moved out by her family, and they agreed to pay for damages in a private settlement. Jamie also agreed to counseling and community service, which would be monitored by the attorneys. The guy that tried to kidnap Carrie was taken into custody and hit with a long list of charges. There were also outstanding warrants on him in other states, so he was moved across the country after his arraignment. From what we can tell, he's taken the fall for all of Carrie's family, and they've been exonerated of any wrongdoing. Carrie was granted restraining orders on her mother and father, and her trust was turned over to her entirely. From what we've discovered in the past weeks, their spending and debt had them desperate for money, and they were trying to find a way to marry her off and take control. Although they don't have much left, they still had good enough connections to keep their names out of court. Carrie's old apartment has been renovated and rented out to a sophomore at the university who is here on an exchange program. All of Carrie's belongings were moved in with me, and it's now our home. The plan is to finish out school here and then find a place of our own, somewhere close to my newly acquired family, maybe even back in Craven Cove. There's a lot of memories from that island I'd like to forget, but there's a part of me that doesn't want to separate from my brother and what we're building. We've got time to figure it out, but as long as I've got Carrie by my side, that's all I need. Hey, babe, she says as she comes out of her class. There you are. I pull her to me and give her a quick kiss on the forehead as I take her hand. How was class? Not bad. She squeezes my hand and gives me her biggest and brightest smile. So spill it, 
What's my surprise? I think my biggest mistake was telling you about it this morning. But secretly, seeing that smile of anticipation makes my insides do cartwheels. Maybe I'll make you wait another day. Don't you dare! She looks horrified, and her mouth falls open. I'm teasing. When we get to my truck, I open the door for her and she hops in. After waiting for some of the traffic to clear, we leave the university and head toward the water. We've come out so many times with Celeste to watch Apollo's matches. All of my swim meets are held on campus, but this area out here is so beautiful, and it's perfect for her surprise today. Hey, Jim, I say to the captain as he stands on the dock waiting for us. Good to see you again, Shy. She's all set. Thanks, I say, shaking his hand, and then I lead Carrie out onto the waiting boat. Shy, where are we going? She looks around as we climb aboard, and I give her another quick kiss. You'll see. I point to the basket nearby and the blankets next to it. There are snacks for later and a blanket if you're cold. We can go below later, too. When her cheeks heat, I pull her to my side. Come sit with me while I steer. She grabs a blanket, and we go up to the top. From there, you can see out over the water as we leave the harbor. It's a beautiful afternoon and sunset won't be too far away. Where are you taking me? She's cuddled against my side, and I smile as I shake my head. You'll see, I answer again, and she makes a little growl of frustration. It's not far to get where we're going, especially on the water. It's so calm out here like this, just the two of us away from it all. The stress of the past couple of weeks is finally melting away and we're able to take a breath as we begin to plan our future. We're here, I say, and Carrie sits up, looking around expectantly. What's that? She points into the distance. That's Craven Cove. When her brows furrow, I take her hands in mine. I wasn't sure where to do this, because honestly, I don't know where I belong other than with you. Shy, she says sweetly as she cups my cheek. All my life, I've lived in between things. In the water was the only place I felt like was mine. So here we are, between the island where I found myself and the school where I found you. In between is where I learned to love and to be loved. Reaching into my pocket, I pull out the small velvet box. This is where I'm asking you to marry me. Oh, my God, she whispers so quietly. I want to love you across the ocean and time, with no beginning or end. Taking the ring out of the box, I hold out the princess-cut ruby, and she slips it on her finger. I know it's fast, but we have our whole lives to know each other. You're it for me, and I know I'm it for you. She smiles as a tear slips from her eye. You are the only anchor I need, no matter where I go. Marry me, Carrie. Marry me and let me love you until the end of time. She nods quickly as the tears come, and then she throws herself into my arms. Yes, I love you so much, Shy. Of course I'll marry you. I love you too, kitten, I say before our lips connect. Our hands begin to move in time with our mouths, and soon I've got her spread across the bench while I push her skirt up around her waist. I pull her panties to the side, and she unbuttons my shorts and takes out my cock. 
Her hand grips my length, and she squeezes me as she swipes the head through her wet folds. I hiss at the heat of her, and then thrust hard, connecting us in every way possible. Mine, I grunt as I thrust again, my need for her turning possessive and rough. Harder, she lifts her hips, begging me to claim her. That's my sweet girl. She moans when I bite her neck and then grind against her pussy. That's my wife. Her moan echoes around us as I keep thrusting into her hot pussy. She's so fucking wet, the sounds of my cock slapping into her is filthy and loud. I love you. My words are clipped as I yank down the front of her top and suck on a nipple. I love every fucking inch of you. I love you too, Shy. Her hands grip my ass and pull me deeper as her thighs clench and she climaxes. Her cunt squeezes hard, and I almost lose my breath as I fall on top of her and come. It's so damn hard and fast that my vision blurs. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I wonder if I'll ever get used to how fast she makes me go off. But then my cock gets hard again, and I smile. Thank you, Carrie says softly, and I lean back to look in her eyes. For what? For loving me and making me feel safe for giving me a home and a family. I didn't know what that was, and I know you didn't either. But this is a chance for us to make our own and create the love we deserve. As soon as you're ready, we'll do all of that and more. I'll give you everything. I kiss her again, and this time it's slow and steady. Everything, Carrie. I know you will. And that's just what I do. Forever and always. This has been Shy Virgin by Alexa Riley, read for you by Avi Page. Santa's Secret. Meet us under the mistletoe. In this limited edition Christmas romance collection, USA Today best-selling authors and some of the romance genre's brightest rising stars have joined forces to bring you a collection of 30-plus stories where love blooms underneath the mistletoe and anything can happen with a little Christmas magic. Will Santa's secret admirers finally confess their love and let our secret Santas make holiday wishes of the heart come true? Grab your copy now to experience the magic of love during the holidays. Featured authors include Mandy Melanson, Crimson Sin, Nikki Landis, Mia Kingsley, and Nova Edwins, and more. This box collection goes live on December 14th, but you can pre-order now for 99 cents. And on December 14th, it's live everywhere. Grab Santa's Secret, a limited edition Christmas romance collection now. Welcome back. Hey. You know, I was just thinking we hadn't said what the giveaway was, but I do know that Mayhem is working on a full cover for this. So, Oh, yay. Let's go ahead and you guys can sign up to win paperbacks of this. That'd be awesome. That'd be so great. So we'll yeah. do like five giveaway, sign up, will be posted. I'll put the link here to be right to sign up. Mm-hmm. But to enter, you have to be on the newsletter. So Sorry. That's the go. rules. <laughs> Anything else we need to tell them? We're going um, into Thanksgiving, I think. Yes. We are not going to be here next week for Thanksgiving. We're taking a break to eat. And do we want to do a Black Friday? Ooh, that might be a good idea. 
I think we did one last year, so I can we put did. everything marked down for 99 cents unless it's been released within like the past few months and I can't because real yeah. real realtors or retailers get mad when you price Shift cut something right that was just released or whatever. Yes. So it's going to have to be stuff that was older than a few months. Mm-hmm. But we'll yeah, drop everything Yeah, but if you want to go down. back and get a ton of books that you haven't already gotten – Check out that for Black Friday then. Get them all on sale. And then I think um, we even had a bundle we just released. I'm about to pull. Do you remember what that was? Or I'm about to summer, up the price. Was it the summer bundle? Yeah. So there was a summer bundle, which I'm going to have to up the price now that it's older. So but yeah. that'll drop down for the 99 cents. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to grab any of the bundles, especially the recent bundles over this year, yep. I'm going to bump those back up to like six bucks. So Okay. Um but after Thanksgiving that week, we have Cat Baxter with Rules of the Friend Zone. And I'm so excited because, like, we've only got three more books this year before the end of the year. That's it. Three more audiobooks. We've got Cat Baxter with Rules of the Friend Zone. We've got B.B. Reed. Um, and we've also got Jagger Cole. He's going to finish this out. It'll be the first dude we've ever had on the podcast. But we make I an exception. Like him. I know. We made an exception for Jire Cole because he's not creepy. He's, he's not, not he's a jerk. Really nice. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's nice. He's sweet. Like he's he's a good guy. We're like, openly can admit we're a little prickly when it comes to men. Yes. Especially <laughs> in the romance world. And he's been really nice. And actually I've had a little we I we both did. I said it, I think it right when you were like, yeah. I've been thinking this too. I was like, I feel like we should ask him. Like, yep. Yep. And, like, and I was I like, Me too. <laughs> Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was great. So he's going to finish out the year for us. So and that's like the week before Christmas, I think. And then we're, we'll have like, a, I think we have three week break. And then we'll come back like the second or third week in January. With all new. It'll be season 10 after that. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it's crazy. it. So. I can't believe people are still listening. But I can't either. Are. And they they keep growing. There's so many people listening. It's insane. It's wild. And, all right. Uh, well, then I guess we're done. So tell them yeah, what to do. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read.